this morning, the book of James, and chapter number one. James uh, and chapter number one. Uh, if you're there, say amen. amen. I'll begin reading in verse number one. The Bible said, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. In verse two, he said, my brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If you, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and unbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, Nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. I want to draw my thought this morning from verse number 3 and 4. But verse number 3 said, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. As far as I can remember, I, I may be wrong on this, but as far back as I can remember, I've never preached on this subject. Um, I've, I've dealt with it, I've mentioned it, but I've never just preached on the subject of patience. Uh, but if God will help me this morning, He's the one that spoke this to me. I want to preach a thought this morning that I believe we all need to hear. And I want to preach on the thought, the importance of patience. The importance of patience. Would you please pray with me and pray for me this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we come to you one more time and we thank you. God, for the opportunity to be in your house today. Thank you, Lord, for the good preaching that we've already heard. Thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of God. Lord, you said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So thank you, Lord. I pray, God, that you'd enable, Lord, me, God, to preach the Word of God. I, I pray this morning, Lord, that you'd give me special, uh, special touch and unction. And, God, that you'd help me preach in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I'm asking you this morning to do something in the hearts of your people. Lord, in this day and hour where everything's at the fingertips of men and we're always on the move. God, help us, Lord, in the spiritual realm and in our walk with you, God, to have faith and, Lord, to have patience and trust what you're doing, God, in your time. Uh, Lord, for your purpose, help us this morning from the preaching and the reading of the Word of God. And for what you do, I'll thank you and praise you and glorify your name, which is above every name. In Jesus' name and for his sake and all God's people saying amen and amen. You may be seated this morning briefly if I could by way of introduction I want to remind you that James is here and he is writing to uh, those 12 tribes that have been scattered uh, abroad. The Bible said uh, that he greets them in verse 2. He said my brethren uh, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Uh, I want to make some very clear by way of introduction this word temptation
revelation in the beginning of the chapter is defined differently than it is in the middle towards the end of the chapter. You understand that my friend the Bible said in Genesis chapter number 22 and God did tempt Abraham uh, that was not an enticing uh, uh, move or motive to sin uh, uh, but rather the word tempt there means to uh, test. Uh, uh, can I say my friend uh, uh, the Bible says here in verse 2 uh, that we ought to count it all joy uh, when we fall into divers temptations. Uh, he said knowing this uh, that the trying of your faith uh, worketh patience. Is there anybody here this morning uh, uh, that knows what it feels like uh, uh, knows how it resonates uh, on the inside for your faith uh, uh, to be tried uh, my friend the Bible said that the trial uh, of your faith being much more uh, uh, precious than gold uh, uh, when it's been tried by fire uh, my friend it's purified uh, can I say we're living in a day and hour uh, very weak and anemic and feeble uh, Christianity that uh, seems like every other day or every other week or every other month I hear of a somebody else uh, uh, caving to the pressure I hear of somebody else a preacher, uh, a song leader a Sunday school teacher, a deacon uh, falling out and falling away uh, and most of the time uh, uh, when you begin to hear the horror stories uh, of people that's falling out uh, and they're no longer walking with God, uh, it falls into one or two categories typically uh, they either fall and mess up in sin uh, or they let a battle, a trial a difficulty a storm overtake them uh, uh, may I say this morning uh, I've came here with a word in my heart from God uh, my friend we've got to press the gas uh, uh, down in the floor uh, Hey, it's no time to back up uh, it's no time to back out uh, it's no time to retreat uh, we're not waving a white flag to surrender this morning. Uh, my friend, throw the white flag down uh, and start waving the red uh, blood-stained banner of the cross. Uh, you may feel like you're going down. Uh, you may feel like you're overtaken. Uh, you may feel like there's no way out. Uh, but my friend, I'm glad to report to you uh, my strength cometh not from my soul uh, and myself. Uh, but David said, my strength uh, uh, cometh from the Lord. Uh, he said in the time of trouble, he said I look up to the hills uh, uh, from which cometh my help. Uh, I'm glad, hallelujah, that uh, we've got help uh, in a place of time and trouble. I'm glad we've got a cliff and a rock. Uh, I'm glad we've got wings that we can hide under. I'm glad, thank God, uh, that he sees what we don't. Uh, I'm glad he knows that in from the beginning I'm glad hallelujah that when I, I can't see a way he's already made a way when I can't see the answer I can trust him because he is the answer when I don't know another step to take I can 
go to my Bible and it said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You say, preacher, I don't know what step to take next. Then don't step. Sometimes God will make you stand still. But thank God for the still small voice in the midnight hour that will guide your steps. By the way, somebody ought to help me. He's never led me down one wrong road. He's never put me on a detour. He's never led me down the way of destruction. He's never failed me. He's never failed me. He's never let me down, not one time. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. I say thank God. We've got a God we can trust this morning. The problem is not we cannot trust God. You want to know why you mess up? I think a whole lot of people really trust God and they still mess up. Why? How? They get impatient. They trust Him for so long. Come on, somebody. Oh, I know I'm on target. This is what the Holy Ghost gave me. You might as well help me this morning. It ain't that they lack in their faith. They lack in patience. And I've been there. I'm not talking about a McDonald's drive through line this morning. I mean, I'm the world's worst at having patience when it comes to things of this world. Uh, my friend, we ought to do better, but that ain't what kind of patience I'm talking about. Y'all with me? I'm talking about spiritual patience. Uh, I'm talking about enduring some things. Uh, I'm talking about letting God put you on an Isle of Patmos. Uh, I'm talking about God letting God put you in a prison cell in the midnight hour. I'm talking about letting God crucify you upside down. Uh, on the cross I'm talking about God uh, letting God put you on your knees uh, as they throw stones at you uh, my friend I'm talking about spiritual patience uh, I'm talking about enduring hardness as a good soldier I'm talking about going through trials and valleys uh, and staying faithful but remaining patient uh, waiting for God uh, uh, my friend to bring you up the other side uh, uh, can I remind you at every valley I've never been to a valley no where the only direction was up. You say, I'm living in the valley. Good news, neighbor. The next time God moves you, you only got one direction that you can go. I'm glad the God that's in the valley is the same one on the mountaintop. I trust Him on the mountain, but thank God we can trust Him in the valley. I can shout on the mountain, but thank God I can shout in the valley. I can, hey, I can raise a hand on the mountain, but thank God I can lift holy hands in the valley. I'm trying to tell you we can trust our God. He knows what's best for you. Just be patient. Just be patient. He knows what's best. I deal with this every, about every week of my life. Somebody needing God to do something for them. You know what we're living in? We're living in the right now generation. We're living in the right now. I'm as guilty as you are. I mean, if the cars in front of us at Taco Bell, their order gets messed up, I mean, boy, we get red hot. 
Come on, somebody help me this morning. Uh, if we got to sit there more than five minutes, I mean, and we're trapped in the drive-thru, uh, I mean, all kinds of things goes through your mind about ramming the person in front of you, ramming the person behind you, uh, taking something in your car. I've seen it, neighbor. I've seen them pull stuff out of the car and throw it at the car in front of them like it's their fault. By the way, I don't know why we expect fast food to get our orders right anyhow. Just take what you get and don't pitch fit. That's what I've got. I just take it. I, I make an order and I just take what they give me. Amen. That's what I've got to. But we're living in the right now generation. I mean, my friend, we're not, we're, we, we don't have to wait hardly on nothing no more. I mean, you can make appointments for everything. Uh, my friend, I mean, I don't even have to sit in a waiting line to get my hair cut no more. I mean, I get on my phone. Uh, uh, my friend, I get there right on time. Uh, uh, might have to wait two or three minutes uh, uh, and get in the chair. I remember waiting two or three hours. That's the truth. Uh, uh, there'd be all kinds of men in there and we'd have to wait and wait. Uh, uh, we're living in the right now generation. Unfortunately, the social world uh, has crept in the spiritual world uh, and we've got a bunch of pouty Christians. Uh, uh, my friend, if God don't work right now, uh, uh, my friend, we get weak in our flesh uh, and we get bitter and we get mad and we get hateful and we lose our joy and we lose our shout and we lose the pep in our step because we don't like where we're at with God. But my friend, if you got what you deserved, you'd not even be a child of God. You'd be in a burning hell somewhere with your back broke where worms die not and the fire's not quit. Somebody gonna have to help me. If we got what we deserve, neighbor, we wouldn't have one blessed thing. But hallelujah for the goodness of God. Hallelujah for salvation. Hallelujah for the Spirit of God. Thank God for the sanctuary. Hallelujah for the saints. Thank God for the scriptures. I'm trying to tell you, we've got a lot to be thankful for this morning. We get so impatient when waiting on God. It's a hard thing to do. I've been there. Let me tell you something. When God was working this church in my heart, I got impatient. I remained faithful, but I was ready for it to end. I know what God wanted me to do for three months. I knew God was doing something. I just couldn't figure out what. And I asked Him, I bet Him, please tell me. I still don't know why He didn't tell me for three months. But He had a reason. I don't know why I can't give you all the answers. I said this the other day to somebody. I think it was Brother Eric's dad. It was. Uh, I went visit him in the hospital. I said, Tommy, I said, I want to tell you something. I said, we don't always understand what God is doing, uh, but we can always trust what God is doing. Uh, my friend, you may not have understanding, uh, uh, but the Word of God still said to lean not on our own understanding, uh, but in all our ways acknowledge Him, uh, and He will direct us our path. Good news for the child of God. He's not left you out in the wilderness to wonder. You may not know where you're at, but He knows right where you are this morning. He's not a bit confused. You say, I've got some needs. He knows that. You say, I need some answers. He knows that. I need some direction. He knows that. My friend, pillow your head the promise that God knows you may not know you may not understand you may not have an answer but thank God he does
hands. Just be patient and wait on God. Patience is important. The importance of patience. The Lord showed me a few truths here. And I'd like to give them to you if I could. About the importance of patience. Number one, I want you to see the initiation of patience. What starts this process of having to have God, I'm going to title it godly patience. Godly, I'm not talking about getting impatient with your kids. That's another message for another day. I'm not talking about getting impatient at work, waiting on a promotion. I'm talking, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Spiritual, godly patience. Waiting for God to do what you think you need Him to do. Is there anybody here this morning that's waited on God to do what they thought God needed to do and then God did something else and you figured out what you thought was needed, what needed? Anybody ever been there? God, I've been waiting now for five years. I'm waiting on you to do this. And finally God moves and you fix and take a lap because your wait's over. Then He does something totally different than what you was expecting. But you realize He knew all along what was right. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about we think we know more than God all the time. But my friend, you better hear me. He knows more than us. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. My friend, we ought to regard the thoughts of God in our heart above our own. Talk about impatient people. The importance of patience. Number one, we see the initiation of patience. Look at verse two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. What is the initiation of patience? Temptations. Not lustly temptations. I'm not talking about fleshly temptations. I'm talking about the trying of your faith. Uh, divers temptations. And God did tempt Abraham. He didn't entice him to sin. He put him to test. He put a test on his life. Uh, my friend, watch the initiation. Uh, what takes place when we get to this uh, place in our life where we need patience? It's a test from God. God will allow things to come in our lives to test us and try us and that's the times that you need patience. Can I say in verse number 13 through 16 it speaks of temptation in a different light. Meaning sinful lust. But the Bible said let no man say that he's been tempted of God. That's sinful temptation. You can write this down if you're taking notes this morning. Now, my friend, this is what the Holy Ghost said to me. God will never tempt your flesh, but He'll try your faith. Amen. God will never tempt your flesh, but He will try your faith. Can I say temptations and tests, troubles and trials are all the initiators of godly patience. It's in those times where you're placed under a heavy burden and a load that God God is developing patience uh, uh, within you and your walk with Him. Uh, uh, may I say patience is often learned uh, long before it's lived. Uh, 
that God's going to have to teach you how to be patient and wait on Him. It's going to be learned before it ever be lived. My friend, I'm not necessarily even talking about patience and things of life, but I'm talking about when you're waiting on God to answer a prayer, you need patience. When you're waiting on God to speak clearly to you, you need patience. When you're waiting on God to open a door or close a door, you need patience. My friend, God often prepares our patience by placing our faith on trial and putting us through a test. My friend Abraham learned what it was how to be patient when he walked his precious only son up the hill at the Mount Moriah knowing he had to offer him there. You know what Abraham learned that day? Patience. He told him we're going up to worship we'll be back. He didn't know what God was going to do. But you talking about being your faith being on trial. He's just being patient that God was going to do something. I don't know about y'all, but that right there is when I hit panic mode. <clears throat> when I'm walking my little boy up a hill with fire and wood and a knife in my hand, and he's the only thing I'm still looking at, I'm impatient. Come on, somebody. I mean, that, that right there is the end of the rope. That, I mean, that's where... Faith, something gonna have to give because my faith's running out. Help me, somebody. I mean, we've all been there. I'm, I'm talking about they ain't not there. This is it. There ain't a day to think about it. There's not two weeks to try to for uh, try to wait on God or figure something out. I'm I'm talking about a right now situation. Anybody ever been to one of them? God, I don't need you tomorrow. I need you right now. Right now. I need you so much. I needed you not now, but yesternow. Are you with me? Help me, oh Lord, now. Let me ask you a question. Has he ever failed you yet? While we always let them nows get the best of us, we get impatient. You understand that our nows is not always God's nows. That's right. We, we see the right now and he sees it's all going to work out just to be patient. Right. But we can't see that. So what do we do in those situations? You put your faith in God and be patient. It ain't that easy. It is. It's very hard to live, but it's that easy. Just be patient. Can we, can we look at a few things this morning? Looking at Abraham, may I say without a doubt, God used this test, this temptation, if you will, to teach him a lesson he would have never learned any other way. How many of y'all can go back to places in your life when you had no idea what God was doing, but there was a lesson that came out of that that you would have never learned had you not been put through it? I look at, I look at things that I've done myself, and I ain't saying God made it happen, but God allowed it to happen. To teach me something from my own mistakes. But every now and then, God will put a test on you to teach you a lesson you cannot learn any other way. I believe Abraham learned that God will send a ram only because he was willing to sacrifice his son. Let me tell you something. 
Had Abraham not been willing and patient, I don't think that ram would have ever showed up. Had Abraham not got up early, can you imagine getting a phone call from heaven, kill your baby tomorrow for me? He didn't sleep in the next day. He was up before the sun rose getting everything ready. Now that's faith, neighbor. That's why he's in the hall of faith. That's faith. But he learned in that process. Can you imagine the Bible said from where Abraham was to Moriah it was a three days journey. Can you imagine as he's walking or riding a donkey for those three days? Every word he's hearing Isaac say, holding on to it, because it in his mind could be the last ones he ever hears. You know what a bunch of us would have done about a day and a half into the journey? We'd have done a U-turn. Said, God, I love you, but this is ridiculous. I'm not doing this, Lord. You've asked too much of me. But in reality, the only thing Abraham was doing was what God would do for the sin of the world. Amen. You realize we couldn't even get even if we offered our own son? We couldn't even get even with him. Because it wouldn't do the whole world no good. It'd still be lacking. Talk about patience. God provided because Abraham was obedient, but also because he was patient. Don't you think that Abraham was, don't you think for those three days journey that Abraham wasn't waiting on God to change the plan? Come on, somebody. I mean, help me this morning. I mean, don't you think for three days as he looked at that little old lad uh, that he loved with all his heart, that he wasn't praying in his mind, God, please, uh, uh, God, please change the plans. Uh, I mean, don't you think uh, uh, during those three days as he was uh, taking him a step closer uh, to the death of his son, uh, uh, my friend, don't you think that Abraham was waiting on God to step in and turn things around? Is there anybody here this morning needs God to turn something around? Uh, uh, don't you think for three days uh, uh, that God, that Abraham was waiting on God uh, uh, to give him a different word, some new direction, uh, uh, some different instructions? Sure, Abraham was. Uh, he was flesh just like me and you are. But he stayed faithful despite the pressure and remained patient. I'm going to tell you where we mess up when we get impatient. You want to know why we got a problem with Ishmael? A lack of patience. How many of y'all's got a word from God? He's done told you something's going to come to pass. Done confirmed it in your heart, but it ain't happened yet. If you ain't careful, you'll pull a Sarah. You'll try to make it happen yourself. Come on, somebody. You'll pull a Sarah is what you'll do and you'll breed a, a, a through through and through Ishmael into your life. A, a wild man. I'm talking about trouble after trouble after trouble through the life of Ishmael. And you'll create division and separation. I mean, look at all that took place because Sarah got impatient. Hagar separated. Ishmael separated. Abraham said, you know what being impatient does when you try to be God? It pushes those who are the most close to you and the ones that love you. It will drive them out of your life. When you get impatient, it brings separation. The 
biggest problem with impatient separation is the separation it puts between you and him. Abraham, because Abraham was patient, he passed this temptation, this test. Can I say, my friend, that patience is important. And the only way you'll ever learn how to be patient while serving God is to be placed under pressure. We talk about the initiation of patience. You know why God is going to teach you to be patient with Him? By putting pressure on you. I'm y'all going to look back at a trial and see the times you've had to try Him and He's been proven. And you look back time after time after time and every test and every trial and every temptation, it proves Him or and or and it ought to build our confidence and our patience in our Heavenly Father. Trial and troubles, they continue to come. It's not to hurt you, it's to make you better. The more issues and trouble and snares and tolls and storms and valleys you've been through, it ought not make you trust God less. You ought to trust Him more with each one because I've never seen a storm one time that stayed hovering over somebody forever. Every storm comes to pass. There's a lesson to learn from the storms. Romans 5.3 said, Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh. Second Thessalonians 1 4, so that we uh, ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. May I say the devil strives to use your sufferings and the crosses we must bear to draw you and entice you to sin and to detour you from your duty and to get you to a place that you become unfit for the blessings of God and the will of God. But my friend, may I remind you our afflictions are in God's hands. Our afflictions are in God's hands. They're initiated and intended for the trial and the improvement of our faith and our patience. Can I say, my friend, that God puts us in the furnace not that we would be polluted but with, or spoiled, but that we would be purified. First Peter 1 Peter 1.7 said, The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus. Let me tell you something. I ain't got no confidence. I ain't got a lick in the world of confidence in a preacher or really even a Christian that's not had to go through the fire. They ain't proved nothing. If you're still honeymooning, thank God for you, but you ain't proved nothing. If you can't stay faithful through a hard time, I've seen them, they're faithful, 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 storm, boom. You know what it says? They don't have quite near as much faith as they say they do. They don't love Him like they say they do. If you think this life of serving Jesus is always going to be shouting and eating cotton candy, singing kumbaya and blowing bubbles, you've lost your mind. We're going to live through times of suffering and heartache and persecution. Troubles and trials and storms and valleys are coming your way. But thank God we've got a God that knows it all and He'll walk with you through the storm. Just be patient. Just be patient.
Secondly, not only do we see the initiation of patience, but I want you to see the reaction of godly patience. You want to know a good way to tell if somebody's really trusting God like they say they do? How they respond when they're put on trial. Y'all with me? I'm giving the best I got. I need a little help today. Talk about the reaction of patience. Look at verse 2. <clears throat> Excuse me. He said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations or test trials. Count it all joy. May I say right here is the reaction. When a man or a woman really possesses that godly patience, here is how to be proven. It's the reaction of patience. What is it? J-O-I. Down in my heart. Deep, deep. Down in my heart. Who put it there? Jesus put it there. And nothing can destroy it. Destroy it. Destroy it. Y'all are a bunch of stinking Presbyterian Muslims. I've got joy down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. Who put it there? Jesus put it there. And nothing can destroy it, destroy it, destroy it. I've got joy down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. J-O-Y down in my heart. Reaction of patience is joy. Can I say as Christians we must not sink into a sad and discontent frame of mind when the test comes? Y'all stay with me. Why is it that Christians get the pooch lip syndrome and can't walk for tripping over their lip? Every time tests and trials and troubles come. I mean, like, I mean we won't sink. We get up and sink. Oh, victory at Jesus. My Savior, as long as nothing's going wrong, my Savior forever. He sought me and He bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him and all my love is due Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Storm. Oh, valley, you own me. I can't get out of here. My Lord, he must be napping or taking a chill pill. I'm lonely, I'm stranger in this old valley. I'm defeated, no victory, but I'm still here, you see. I lie. God's been good in some of my life. I've been blessed beyond my wildest dreams until I hit this spot. I know I've had some times of trouble right now. You ain't gonna get up saying that, but your life says it. Jesus must kind of maybe love me at this, I think. I know what the 
kind of says, but I ain't going to act like it. All right. Are y'all with me? Right. I know it's silly, but it's truth. It is. I mean, I can spot it. it anybody's got any spiritual something. Right. You come in. Yep. Yes, sir. You won't smile. I'm in a storm. Thank God you didn't die on the cross. Amen. But I'm being put to the test. Don't even start talking about tests unless your name's Abraham. I got a bad report at the doctor. Okay. What's the worst thing that can happen? You die and go to glory. I mean, are you with me? What's our problem? We have no faith and we have no patience. We want God to fix it right now. God's not J.G. Wentworth. I want it and I want it right now. That ain't how God works. But we've lived, that's where we've reached. That's where our churches have got to. If we get every bit of pressure on us, what's the problem, God? Don't you know I ain't missed a Sunday all year? Kudos! Y'all ain't gonna help me. I'm gonna start throwing stuff. I ain't missed a Sunday school lesson all year. Kudos! I always sing when it has congregational. Kudos! But we're not exempt from travel and trials. You just got to trust God and be patient. Not exempt from wondering. Any of y'all experiencing some spiritual wondering? God, what's going on? Why are you letting that bring you in here with saggy lip? I don't know what's going on. Okay, shout that he does. Come on, somebody. I mean, I need some help. I'm going to go to Atlanta and get me a black choir if y'all don't start helping me. I'm talking about having patience. The reaction of patience. What should we do? How should we react when put under pressure? If you really got godly patience, you know what you'll have? Joy. That's what the Bible said. May I say philosophy instructs men to remain calm in their troubles. And I'm going to address something right here. When you got issues, right. and the first place you run is some outside source of counsel. Oh, oh yes. Right. Say all yeah. you got two, you got about three things God's give you at your fingertips. Number one, He's at your fingertips right. through prayer. Number two, you got a Bible. That's true from beginning to end. Look at here now. Some of y'all ain't gonna figure this out. Number three, he gave you a pastor. Why in the world we gonna pay somebody that don't even believe that you can be saved by grace through faith? Don't even believe in the King James Bible. Don't know nothing about God. We're gonna sit down in front of them and God's give you a God-fearing, holy ghost Bible preacher and you're gonna run down the road somewhere. Listen, it's a lack of patience. If you'll just let God direct you through and by the local church, it'll all work out. Amen. I ain't never understood that. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're having trouble in our marriage. Well, what have you been doing? Well, we went down yonder and started counseling. 
And, and them same people that's counseling you counseling lesbians. Are you with me? Counseling sodomites, them kids, them people you're taking your children to. They're counseling boys and telling them it's okay to be girls. And they're counseling girls and telling them it's okay to feel like a boy. I'm trying to tell you they're not addressing sin. They're naming sin, claiming sin as some form of illness or disease. My friend, I'm here to tell you what we all need a good dose of is the Holy Ghost, the Word of God, and a man of God getting lightened up and tightened up and get on your face there's more counsel at the foot of the cross than there's ever been at a counselor session I'm trying to tell you trust God be patient it'll all work out if you'll follow those things be patient you don't know why we run all over the place looking for help we're impatient we think they can help us while God's you know taking a nap that's the problem so when you get under these tolls and trials, snares and tests, temptation, what should you have? You should have J-O-Y, joy. I'm hurrying. May I say I thank God no matter what test I'm dealt or what trouble's felt, I can have joy in my heart. I need y'all to act like good old time blood bought Baptist. Uh, isn't it good to know that God is not out to destroy you and me? Uh, isn't it good to know that God has a purpose for everything? Uh, isn't it good to know that what Romans 8, 28, uh, that says is still in the Bible. We know that all things uh, work together for the good uh, and to them that love God and to them that are called according According to his purpose. Hey neighbor, you ought to throw both hands up this morning. Shout the glory down. That no matter what, what it is you're having to deal with, that God is working it for the good. I want to go back to last week and say there's a will within my will this morning. I've got joy unspeakable and full of glory. Not because I always understand it, but because he does. Not because I always see the finished product, but because He does. Not because I always know the answer, but because He does. And whatever God is using in my life and to teach me patience is exactly what I need. Now I say, if God's doing it, if God's doing, if if it's God's doing, got it that time. If it's God's doing, ain't nothing but good can come from it. Why is it important you say in the, in the center, in the will of God? So when the doing gets done, it's always God's doing. You get out of the will of God, you'll get some doing to get done, but it might not be God's doing, it might be your fleshes. Come on, somebody. If you'll just stay right and tight, my friend, uh, uh, God will be the one responsible for the doing. And if God's doing, it's always good. God, help our reaction to be that of rejoicing instead of mumbling and grumbling and complaining. My friend, there's a lost and dying world that's watching us when the heat gets turned up. I'm going to ask something. Does your reaction confirm your redemption? Well, that was a stinger. Does your reaction when you are tested and, and you're tempted and put on your face put on trial, does your reaction confirm your redemption? You go to work mad as a devil and cussing everybody out because you're in a hard time. 
they ain't real confident in the God that you serve. And every little thing that goes the wrong way at work gets you in a tizzy and you throw a hissy fit in front of all them people that's never been blood bought and born again. My friend, they ain't got a whole lot of confidence in your God. But if they'll see all hell come against you uh, and you never lose your song uh, and you never lose your smile and you never lose your shout uh, and you never lose a step, uh, my friend, they, they see joy in your heart. They'll know you've got something there like that. I'm trying to tell you, it's important to be patient. It's important. Thirdly, I'm hurrying along. I could preach here for six months, really. Thirdly, not only do we see the initiation of patience, the reaction of patience, but thirdly, we see the perfection of patience. Look at verse 4 with me. You know what God uses patience for? To perfect you means to complete you. Verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work that ye may be what? And what? Are we, where are we at? Are we at a funeral or a public library? Or what are we doing today? Verse 4. But let patience have her work that you may be and wanting so what is the result the work of patience perfection completeness that you have no want are y'all with me David said the Lord is my shepherd I shall not in other words God can meet all my needs I'm not in want. What is the purpose, the importance of patience? Well, we see the initiation of patience. It's trials and tests and temptation. We see the reaction of patience. It should be joy. But here we see that God, the importance of patience, provides perfection. May I say this perfect work or the perfection of patience is the completeness of it. It's the finished product, so to speak. When God is teaching you patience, what He's doing is molding you and making you into a more complete established Christian can I say this morning what y'all do when the trials the tests the temptations come here's what y'all do let them work they're working on God is using them to work on you and y'all ever just get in your car and drive around for about 15 or 20 years and never maintenance it never put no oil in it no gas never change the brakes some of y'all do, but you better get a Toyota. You're going to treat them like that. Are you with me? It takes work. You know what you got to do? Keep your house up, keep it from falling in. You got to work on it. Never stops. I don't care if you build one brand spanking new. As you live there, you've got to work on things to keep it up. To keep it from falling apart. You know what God allows tests and trials and, 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 and temptations to come in your life for? It's not to break you down. It's to build you up. It's to change a light bulb spiritually. It's to paint a shutter spiritually. It's to fix that wire that's loose spiritually. It's to put some oil in your motor spiritually. Are you with me? God uses the work of patience to perfect you, to complete you, to mold you and make you into the Christian you ought to be. Can I say the world's view of patience is that men become insensible 
to their afflictions. The world looks at patience as a, a, a patient man, as a man that just don't let things bother him. But for the Christian, patience is this, that men become triumphant in their afflictions and have victory in the midst of trouble. That's what patience is. It's to have a song in the storm. <clears throat> and I say it's a great opportunity for perfection in your life, Christian life, through and by patience. Can I say this this morning? Uh, passion produces sudden decisions and doubt. When you let your passion overwhelm you when the test and the trials and the temptation comes, passion produces sudden decisions and doubt. But patience produces steady duty and distinguished servants. That's amazing to me. God, the Lord's telling me this stuff that I'm telling you. I ain't smart enough to think about all this. The Lord tells me this stuff. Passion produces sudden decisions and doubt. Patience produces steady duty and distinguished servants. May I say, let us not allow our passions to hinder the operation, the growing effects of patience in our lives. May I say, when we bear all that God appoints to us with a humble and obedient heart of faith and patience in Him, we not only when we not only bear our troubles, but we learn to rejoice in them, that's when patience begins its perfection. How many of y'all can look at your life and see the storms that God's brought you through, tests and trials, and see that it made you a better Christian? That's why they come. We get mad at God like He's trying to sink the ship. No, He's, he's strengthening the ship. When troubles and trials come, he's, he's adding boards where you didn't know they were missing to keep your boat from going under. God's not mad at us. He's not walking around with a hammer waiting to crack us over the head. But He turns our bad into good if you'll be patient. And I say that's what the perfection of patience is. It's learned, then it's lived. That's when you as a Christian will be solid, complete, and entire, and established, and be in want of nothing. You'll be satisfied despite your situations. You'll be happy despite your hardship. You'll be faithful despite your affliction. You'll rejoice despite your reasoning. You'll be triumphant despite, despite your test. In other words, you'll simply be what a Christian ought to be if you learn to be patient. It's important. Man, I got so much. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Are y'all okay? Amen. I mean, have you checked out on me yet? I'm going to preach all week. I might listen, so I'm trying to get it out. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Paul said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abound in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. How can we reach that place where we're steadfast, unmovable, always abounding? Learn to be patient. The perfection of patience is a victorious thing. i got to move on. Lastly, thank, thank God, right? Lastly. Look at verse number 7. I want you to see the motivation of patience. The motivation. I've told y'all all morning to be patient. I've told y'all all morning, quit doubting, quit worrying, quit fretting, just be patient. Now I'm going to give you a little motivation. 
as to how and why you can believe what I'm telling you from the Word of God and be patient. Look with me in verse 7. Y'all there say amen. The Bible said, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with burning heat, but it wherewith, uh, with, excuse me, I said wherewith, with hither, withereth, there we go, uh, the grass and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth, so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Look here now. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. What are we talking about? When he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord had promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot tempt with evil. Notice that, with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variables, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creature. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, uh, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls but be you doers of the word not hearers only deceiving your own self for if any man be a hearer of the word not a doer he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straight forth uh, forgetteth what manner of man he was but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth there he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now we've read that. Now jump over with me quickly to chapter 5. I read all that because James has told you what I want you to do. Don't just be a hearer only, but a doer. Get rid of the filth, the superfluity, the naughtiness, and all that out of your life. You get patient, get right and tight, and get patient with God, and this is what will happen. Look in verse 7. James 5, 7. Are y'all there? Say Amen. Be what? Therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. <laughs> I need some motivation to be patient. Okay, I'm fixing to give you a good bunch of it. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. Be ye also... Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold the judge standing before the door. Take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in my name of the Lord up for an example of suffering, affliction, and patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath. But let your yea be yea and your nay be yea, lest you fall into condemnation. What's our motivation? Well, 
What motivation do we have to endure all the trials, tests, temptations, tolls, snares, troubles, storms with patience? Not just ordinary worldly patience. I'm talking about godly patience. I'm talking about the kind that will keep you joyful despite the situation. May I say all the motivation you need. And if y'all don't help me, I'm going to give an altar call and every single one of you need to get saved. The best motivation that you can ever have uh, this morning is this. Uh, it could be the day that Jesus comes again. There's not another thing got to happen. There's not another thing got to pass. Uh, uh, come to pass. Uh, uh, my friend, he said it best. Uh, be patient therefore, brethren. Brethren, under the coming of the Lord, he said, Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it. Ain't it a blessing to know while we're anxiously and patiently waiting on him, he's patiently waiting on us. There's some motivation. Just trust God, he's coming again. May I say, the only motivation you need is Jesus is coming soon. Y'all remember the old song? I, I always heard the quartet sing, Yo, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. The new trumpet's going to sound. All the dead shall rise. The sky. He's coming. He's coming. Can I say this and we're done? And by the way, I ain't preaching no longer than I always do. I'm ty I time myself every week. Can I say when He comes, all the questions are soon to be answered? If y'all don't get happy, I'm telling you, I'm gonna start, the first time I threw a rag next was going to be a full bottle of water. When He comes, all our questions are soon to be answered. All the burdens are soon to be lifted. Somebody ought to shout and help me this morning. All the suffering is soon to pass away. All the heartbreaks are soon to be mended. All the sowing is soon to be reap. reaping. All the tears are soon to be dried. All the wandering is soon to be revealed. All the doubt is soon to be destroyed. All the labor is soon to be rewarded. All the grief is soon to be gone. All the prayers are soon to be answered and all our faith is soon to be sight when the Lord Jesus comes again Christ is wait, patiently waiting verse 9 may we not turn on one another for the judge is standing at the door how many of y'all know an ill an ill person will turn on the very ones that love and support them Y'all already see a, a dog get sick, get rabies, or get snake bit or something. Gets weak, goes through troubles, trials. It's afflicted. You know what it becomes? Becomes mad. Angry. You take the sweetest little old dog ever lived that got run over in the parking lot, has got a broke leg, and pick it up, it'll eat your face off. Why? It's afflicted. Listen to me. Chris, go ahead and make your way up here. Right. And I give you a challenge this morning. Be joyful. Amen. Don't be like a little injured dog when you pick it up and bite somebody's face off just because you're afflicted. Right. Just because things aren't really right. the way you thought they would go. Amen. What motivation do I need to be patient? Looky here. I'm done. Here's all the motivation you need. 
all of our troubles, all of our trials. Look at somebody help me. All of our financial burdens. Amen. All of our health issues. All of our mental issues. All of our spiritual issues. All of our marital issues. They could all end today. How? He could come. If he comes, listen to me, folks. Stay with me. Right at the end, stay with me. And if he comes, all your troubles will pass away. Amen. May I say, I believe if we reach the place where we quit waiting for God to change what's going on or fix what's going on, and we just focus our patience on his coming we probably have a lot more joy I don't know a lot of things but one thing I know Jesus is coming soon I'm not, I'm not we're not emotional you know, we're, not, we're not fueled by emotionalism but that does put a cold chill on my back that Jesus is coming soon Every problem in this world that we know for the for the child of God, the saint of God, 